The Courtship of Miles Standish by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow In the old colony days, in Plymouth, the land of the pilgrims, to and fro in a room of his simple and primitive dwelling, clad in doublet and hose and boots of cordovan leather, strode, with a martial air, Miles Standish, the Puritan captain. Buried in thought, he seemed, with his hands behind him and pausing ever and anon, to behold the glittering weapons of warfare, hanging in shining array along the walls of his chamber, cutlass and corslet of steel, and his trusty sword of Damascus, curved at the point, and inscribed with its mystical Arabic sentence. While underneath, in a corner, were fowling-piece, musket, and matchlock. Short of stature he was, but strongly built and athletic, broad in the shoulders, deep-chested with muscles and sinews of iron. Brown as a nut was his face, but his russet beard was already flaked with patches of snow, as hedges sometimes in November. Near him was seated John Alden, his friend and household companion, writing with diligent speed at a table of pine by the window, fair-haired, azure-eyed, with delicate Saxon complexion, having the dew of his youth and the beauty thereof, as the captives whom St. Gregory saw, and exclaimed, Not angels, but angels. Youngest of all was he, of the men who came in the Mayflower. Suddenly breaking the silence, the diligent scribe interrupting spake, in the pride of his heart, Miles Standish, the captain of Plymouth. Look at these arms, he said, the warlike weapons that hang here, burnished and bright and clean, as if for parade or inspection. This is the sword of Damascus I fought with in Flanders. This breastplate, well I remember the day, once saved my life in a skirmish. Here in front of you you can see the very dint of the bullet fired point-blank at my heart by a Spanish arquebuquero. Had it not been of sheer steel, the forgotten bones of Miles Standish would at this moment be mould in their grave in the Flemish morasses. Thereupon answered John Alden, but looked not up from his writing. Truly the breath of the Lord hath slackened the speed of the bullet. He in his mercy preserved you to be our shield and our weapon. Still the captain continued, unheeding the words of the stripling. See how bright they are burnished, as if in an arsenal hanging. That is because I have done it myself, and not left it to others. Serve yourself, would you be well served, is an excellent adage. So I take care of my arms, as you of your pens and your inkhorn. Then, too, there are my soldiers, my great invincible army, twelve men, all equipped, having each his rest and his matchlock. Eighteen shillings a month, together with diet and pillage, and, like Caesar, I know the name of each of my soldiers. This he said with a smile, that danced in his eyes, as the sunbeams dance on the waves of the sea, and vanish again in a moment. Alden laughed as he wrote, 
and still the captain continued, Look! You can see from this window my brazen howitzer, planted high on the roof of the church. A preacher who speaks to the purpose. Steady, straightforward, and strong, with irresistible logic. Orthodox, flashing conviction right into the hearts of the heathen. Now we are ready, I think, for any assault of the Indians. Let them come if they like. And the sooner they try it, the better. Let them come if they like. Be it Sagamore, Sachem, or Powwow, Aspinet, Samoset, Corbettant, Squanto, or Tokabahaman. Long at the window he stood, and wistfully gazed on the landscape, washed with a cold grey mist the vapory breath of the east wind, forest and meadow and hill, and the steel blue river.